book lovers. Welcome to our literary adventure. I'm Kristen, one half of the dynamic duo on this podcast journey. Alongside me is my extraordinary sister, Melissa. Together, we have embarked on a quest to explore the world of romance, dark tales, and fantasy, one alphabet letter at a time. So, Melissa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm blanking. This is off to a good start. <laughs> he can just splice it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what are we saying about ourselves? I like my name's Melissa. I like reading books. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Now I'm nervous. <laughs> I I'm Melissa. I am a teacher by day, a reader by night. I enjoy uh, reading romance books and fantasy books and also playing video games when I have the time. I am also the same, except I'm not a teacher. I'm in the world of insurance, which there is money in insurance, but it's not the best job. <laughs> Um, but it gives me the opportunity to buy and read lots of books, which is what I love doing. So I thought we would start off um, talking about our favorite books so that, you know, people can understand what kind of books we enjoy reading and what they can look forward to us talk, excuse me, talking about on the podcast. So what is your favorite book, your favorite author, and your favorite series? These questions are always so hard because <laughs> it's like it really depends on the season of my life. So currently, I'd say my favorite author is Sarah J. Mass, which, yeah, I'm on the bandwagon. All hail SJM. Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> um, and I think uh, my favorite series right now is also the Throne of Glass series. Specifically loved Queen of Shadows, loved that book. Um, but if we're kind of going like nostalgic ways, then my favorite book is Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne Jones. Oh, I loved it. Such a good fantasy book. It was a good intro book to get me started into reading fantasy things. Um, but yeah, so I'd say like Throne of Glass is my current favorite series with Queen of Shadows being my favorite. And then um, I also really like the Elsie Silver books, Fallless series. That was really good too. What about you? I've not read those. You you try to get me to read them and I just can't. They're so good. I want to I read her other cowboy series. thing. Can't do the country monk and cowboy thing. It's just not for me. It's fine. <laughs> um my favorite author is also Sarah J. Mass. Ever since I discovered her, I just there is no one better, in my opinion, at this point. Um my favorite series is Akatar. I, I do love Throne of Glass, but Akatar is a special place in my heart that just, I, I can, it's my comfort read. I can start even with book one all the way through kind of Silver Flames. <laughs> um, it just uh, gives me all the feels. And I swear I find something new every time I read it. Um, and I guess my favorite book, and it's a controversial opinion, but my favorite book in the series is uh, Court of Frost and Starlight. Like, I love Feyre. I relate to her so much. And to just see her getting to enjoy life finally after 
being the curse breaker and going to war and almost losing Resand, like, oh, by the way, spoilers. Um, <laughs> this is not a spoiler free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just so heartwarming to like watch her, you know, enjoy winter solstice, enjoy being around her new family and like, it's just, it's always going to be my favorite. And no offense, but the spicy part with her and Reese and the mind connection is like, that was top tier. <laughs> like, I love the cabin scene. You know, everybody knows the cabin scene with the paint. But like, I still think the scene with them and Frost and Starlight is probably the best. But I could talk about Akatar all day. That's not what we're here for. <laughs> Maybe we'll do like a bonus, like Maybe. an extra long one when we read the Crescent City 3 book. That's true, because we do have that at the end of this month. Alrighty, so the point of this podcast, um, we decided we're going to do the A through Z book challenge, you and I, um, each book starting with the letter of the alphabet. Um, <clears throat> there's 26 books and there's only 12 months, so... The idea is we're reading about two books a month. Some months we're going to have three books because we need to account for the two extra. But <clears throat> we also kind of decided we were going to do like some on our Kindle Unlimited plan. Some we're going to actually purchase. So um, I wouldn't say we have a healthy mix of both because I think we leaned a lot more towards Kindle Unlimited. But that's just because they have a lot more books we wanted to put on the list than purchase but I mean I've already said any of the books that we read that I actually really love I'm gonna end up buying anyway just because I I need my shelf to reflect my madness in my head so um, well and I'm also doing a book club with my friends so I'm also buying a book every month or I guess I'm buying a book every four months for all four of us but um we just like financially wanted to make sure we were going to be able to continue with this and we weren't buying too many books every month. So agreed. Agreed. Cause books aren't cheap. Sometimes you can get them on sale, but I don't live in an area where there's like a used bookstore or anything. So I don't really have the option of going to try to find something cheaper. Um, I'm limited to Walmart target and Barnes and Noble or ordering online through. Yeah. I don't even think we have a bookstore like in town oh I don't and we know. don't live in the same town but true we don't which is why we're not in the same place but um yeah so I'll let you start with whatever book you want to start with um we chose or we spun a wheel and we got letters Q and letters U weird letters but we got books for them so you can go ahead with book one all right, so the first book that we read um, was Unfurl by Elodie Hart. And um, we've decided between the two of us that we are, we're going to post this on the website, but we have a rating system we're going to do. Um, and the teacher in me is giving partial points <laughs> because <laughs> I was, I didn't want to give this book four stars because it wasn't a book that I was like, oh, I have to go home and read this. Um, but I was also still like really interested in the story. So I gave this book a three and a half star, a three and a half out of five stars. What about you? 
I've been waiting for this because you're making it seem like you're giving it like a two star. But on the other hand, I'm like, she could have also given this a five star. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I did not give it a five star. Um, I, let me find it. I gave it two and a half stars. I had a feeling. And like our rating system, it's like, I have you know, it. for a three-star read, it just is something that, like, I would say you're, like, indifferent about. Not necessarily, like, indifferent, but, like, you liked it, but you didn't, like, love it. And I didn't love this book at all. <laughs> um, I barely liked it. And I know that sounds bad, but, like, I'll go into detail about the things that I did like and that I didn't like, but. So let me, <laughs> let me really quickly clarify. Um, so like our overall ratings, we have one star to five star. Um, a one star is like, it was boring and dull. Um, wasn't really structured. We didn't finish the book. Two stars is wasn't good, but wasn't bad. Um, wouldn't reread this book. It kind of lacked some pizzazz to it there wasn't much that we liked um three stars is kind of like neutral mostly enjoyed but not completely wowed appreciated it but probably wouldn't reread it uh four stars was enjoyed from beginning to end it was a really good read uh we were really pleased with it but wasn't like um superb it was missing like the cherry on top and then five stars was just like the best book we've ever read couldn't oh. wait to reread it couldn't stop thinking <laughs> about it couldn't was so excited to get back into it so um like i said i gave it a three and a half because i enjoyed it but i wasn't like dying to go back and read it um i really really liked the story well let me let me do the synopsis real quick so um unfurl by elodie hart is about a girl named belina her she goes by bell um she is a young woman uh she's house sitting for her parents they're obviously very rich um so she's house sitting for the summer and she at a party meets a guy named rafe who is the upstairs neighbor to her parents so he owns the penthouse which means he's richer than her um <laughs> And uh, they have like instant chemistry at the party. We get like Rafe's point of view and he's like basically in love with her from the start and like enraptured by her. And she thinks that he's like the hottest thing since sliced bread. Um, so the story is about the two of them um, obviously getting together and mostly Belle overcoming some religious expectations and the two of them succumbing to desires. Um, Rafe owns a, a nice little sex club. <laughs> that, I love a good sex club. <laughs> right. Uh, that Belle ends up taking advantage of the Unfurl program, which is a program for virgins or women with uh, very little experience. So, um, interesting like thought. I was saying, huh? It's an interesting thought. Like their idea of an Unfurl program for like women, even men who like don't have experience and want like a tailored experience that's not like I mean it worked everybody's for <laughs> it did work for Belle <laughs> <laughs> it certainly did <laughs> um so I really enjoyed like Belle and Rafe as characters which is why I it got to like the three stars for me um I 
so Rafe's club is called Alchemy. I just wish that we could have seen more interactions of Belle and Rafe outside of the club. Like, we had, like, the party and then, like, the one time they go on a walk together. But, like, everything else was them at the club for, like, the rest of the book. And I just was kind of, like, Rafe talking about how he loved her so quickly. I was like, that just, like, doesn't make sense because... Oh, see, that was the part of the problem that I had with the book was it was too insta-love for me. Like, I could have seen them falling in love and, like, making a go of it. But, like, it was all just, and that was my main problem with the book, that it was, like, <clears throat> everything so fast, so quick. And then the book was over. And I just felt like there was no resolution. Like, I don't want to go too far into the book just yet, but, like, at the beginning, like, they were really cute. Like, her asking him questions about his club and, like, you know, her him understanding her religious hesitation because of, you know, the brainwashing that she's been through, like, having gone to this Catholic school and, like, her father is very, like, my opinion and nobody else's, like, it's a little traumatizing to grow up like that, like, where you don't have the option of figuring things out yourself or, like, understanding that, like, God is there, but you're also okay to, like, think and, like, make a, and make your own opinions and, like, under, and interpret the Bible in your own way, like, it was very much, like, his way or the highway, so. Very patriarchal. <laughs> Yeah, and I really enjoyed, like, their conversations about that and, like, him understanding, like, he grew up the same way and understanding why she feels the way she does. Like, I felt like at the beginning they had a really good foundation, like, and we had a really good foundation to understand, like, who Belle was, who Rafe was, and I really loved the initial character development, but my problem was that it just kind of just fell flat and it just stopped. And, like, the whole point of the book was, like, leading up to her losing her virginity. And, like, that scene was so boring. I agree like, with you. <laughs> like, the beginning when she first goes to the club and they're, like, touching her. And then, like, the scene with the, where she's the, the nun and they're the priests. Like, it was, it was hot. It was, like, you could tell she was enjoying it. Like. It was really good read. And then we get to the part where she loses her virginity and it was like, bada bing, bada boom, we're done. And I was like, what was all this build up for? Like the other two scenes were better. This was boring. <laughs> so I actually, so I started taking notes on what how I felt about this book. Um, and I put in there like the spice is 10 out of 10. Um, and I did end up buying the audiobook. <laughs> Because I drove to Melanie's, our other sister's house, and I wanted to, like, read on my way there, but I couldn't. So I bought the audiobook, and I was listening to it on the way there and on the way back. And... I know. His voice? His dirty talk? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Um, I love the, then... the guy who did their, or the girl and the guy who did their voices in that audiobook, I thought were perfect. They really nailed those characters. And like I said at the beginning, I forgot that it's set in London. So like yeah. when they were both British, I was like, oh my God, I forgot. 
because I just feel like we're used to all the books that we read being set in either like places that don't exist like in fantasy worlds or like in the United States which is very American of us I guess but it was a nice change for it to be in London like I, I yeah. liked hearing about what things looked like and where she was going I googled a few of the places because I wanted to see what they looked like um but yeah the audiobook was I really in, I really enjoyed the audiobook <clears throat> Um, to kind of piggyback off of what we were saying before, like how it was rushed. So like, um, I, one of the notes that I also put in here was, um, it felt like Rafe went straight. to I love you. So when her dad popped up, they were in love like that. It just like that chunk of the book where, um, like her parents were supposed to be gone for the whole summer. And then her dad came back early. I can't remember for what reason and like caught them in bed together, basically like Rafe was out there naked. Like, yeah. Um, so I feel like the author needed Rafe to be in love with her so that he could stick up for her and everything like that. But it just felt like such a short period of time and they didn't do much interacting with each other except at alchemy. So like, I don't know. That's when I started being like, okay. Like, it was so sweet how Rafe stood up for her and, like, challenged her father and everything. But, like, it was awkward. Like, I don't know. Literally, you don't agree? My, notes, my notes reading this part of the book, like, um, they love each other already, question mark. <laughs> and over the insta-love, they knew each other for three weeks. Like, <laughs> And okay, the thing with her dad, first of all, sorry to them, but like, that's his house. Those are his rules. And I was like, that is so disrespectful for them to act like that and talk to him like that in his house. Like, she knew what his expectations were, like, regarding her, whether they were good or bad. And she just blew right past them and didn't care. So, like, he had a right to be upset. Like, you're doing these things that I'm against in my house that I pay for. But calling her a slut was, like, too far. That's what Way I was too talking. far. I too agree far. with you. I completely agree with you. Like, if it was her own house or, like, Rafe's house or something like that, totally fine. Like, whatever, do it, whatever you want. But it is kind of disrespectful to be like, it's not even like, like that's not where she was living. Like she was literally just there house sitting. She had her own place. Like, yeah. And his place was upstairs. Like, yeah, I don't <laughs> understand why they spent so much time in her parents' house when his was upstairs. Like I didn't understand that, but I mean, I get it for like the conflict part of the book, but that's what really pissed me off, I guess. And I don't even cuss, but like, it pissed me off because I was waiting this whole book for the conflict because obviously it was going to happen. And I really thought it was going to be her like shying away from him and deciding not to go through with it. Like that was, it's going to be like her internal conflict that causes the problem. But then like when the dad caught him, you know, naked in the kitchen, like I was like, oh, okay, so it's going to be the parents. But, like, the part that made me mad was that, like, there was no resolution for that. Like, the book ends, and we still don't know, did she ever talk to her dad again? Like, did they ever figure things out? Like, I felt like she built up, like, this father figure at the beginning of the book and made you curious about, like, him and 
you know, his relationship with God and his relationship with the church and his relationship with his daughter. And then for them to have the conflict be about him, there was no resolution regarding him at the end of the book. No, there wasn't. And I'm like, she's just going to move in with this guy. She's met for three weeks. Like, what about the place that she's been living before she lived with her parents? Like, and are they ever going to talk again? Like, she's going to be living upstairs. Like, I just, that's part of the reason why I got two and a half stars for me, because I felt like the beginning of the book was like so well thought out, but like, it just kept getting like, it just kept going down towards the end of it. And I was just like, yeah. For you to build up this entire series about her losing her virginity and that scene being so kind of all right like i even wrote like um what did i say oh her last scene was better than her virginity scene like oh yeah like the in the middle of people doing things like that was just kind of so out of character for her like she is new to this like sexual experience and you're gonna like try to get her going in the middle of a room full of people i just felt like that was disrespectful to her like but whatever they have their own thing well so i also feel like and you know i've obviously never written a book but i've read a lot of books and i feel like elodie hart was trying really hard to i call them standalone series like because you can read each of the books like by themselves without having to read the first one but like all of the characters interconnected and everything but anyway um i think that she wanted so badly to write like a standalone series like this because the next one is undulate i think and it's about her friend um yeah and the guy that lost his wife yeah and i do want to read that one i love a single dad romance (laughs) um so i do want to read that one and i'm hoping that maybe like we get some more resolution with like wraith and bell during that um just because they'll be interacting with everybody still but i feel like this book itself could have been its own series like instead of rushing instead of rushing the end like she could have she could have had bell lose her virginity and this like the two of them like ending the book there and then like the next one could have been like the two of them going to alchemy together but also dating and whatnot for the rest of the summer so like them falling in love makes sense and then when her dad does pop up like it would make more sense for Rafe to be so protective but I don't know it just kind of felt like she was trying to pack in like a two or three book series into one book yeah and I just I don't know like I said I felt like she put so much effort into the beginning of the book and setting up these characters in this this like religious brainwashing if you will that like at the end of the book I mean we're not even getting any um resolution with Belle's feelings about religion after losing her virginity finally and like finding somebody that she supposedly loves like we hear nothing about you know how she feels religiously I mean I know they go to church together which was kind of weird but um like the next morning which is kind of odd to me but whatever but her her wanting to go to church after losing her virginity was so weird like like I was waiting for her to enter the confession booth like I was waiting they five Hail Marys and yeah I just well and also I I don't know how you feel about it but um I thought 
thought the whole priest nun thing was a little weird. <laughs> like, overall, I thought it was kind of easy to ignore, but I don't know. Not my thing. It's not I something that I've ever read before. Like, I've never read. Because um, I know there's that book out there, Priest or whatever, that's like really popular. I haven't read that. Um, so. I didn't dislike it. It was just weird. It was kind of weird. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, it's her kink. So, like, whatever. But for me personally, I was like, but I'm also not Catholic. So, I didn't grow up like with the nun and the, the pope and the priest and the thing. Listen, so. my immediate reaction was, of course, he's a priest because there's that like stereotype of priests being like weird with kids. And I just was like, of course. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking about. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, it, it was kind of weird. And the weird part for me was like that the other guy was involved. Like, how do you look that person in the face again? Like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't but, know. I, mean, I did like love I said, Wraith, though. I, that's why Daddy I gave Ray. it a three and a half. I, I felt like overall, I really enjoy it. I enjoyed it. I just wasn't dying to go be able to read it. Like I wasn't trying to sneak reading pages at school. Like I have with other books. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did, I did start, like, I have all of my, um, book reviews on my like notes app. So I'm looking at my iPad right now and I put like two emojis for both books on like overall, what would I say like the emojis were? So for Unfurl, I did the like sweating like emoji <laughs> and then the fire one because it was pretty good spice. <laughs> yeah, it was good spice at the beginning. <laughs> um, all right. I love the about... little quips, like the little like sayings that she used, like at one point Rafe says well knock me down with a feather and I was like that's so cute I like that oh yeah like, it's intelligent that. the the dialogue between them was quite obviously very intelligent like they were both educated people I really liked the the dialogue between them because it wasn't like cheesy or or stupid like you could tell like from the way she wrote them that they were both intelligent people yeah. Oh, and the other one she kept saying was the cat who got the cream. And I've never heard that phrase before. I feel like, like I don't remember that. She said it twice, at least. And, like, she's saying it in, in a way that's like, you got something you weren't supposed to get. Like, like um, the cat who got the cream. Like, huh. they got, like, the have your cake and eat it too kind of thing. Like, I don't know. I just really liked her little phrases. And I don't know if maybe they're like, because it's from like the UK, like they have different like quips and like phrases that they use. But I really liked them. I wrote them down because I was like, that's fun. I like that. Like, well, <laughs> knock me down with a feather. Like, sounds, <laughs> love you. Thanks. It sounds very like uh, Southern to me. Well, knock me down with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> like a Southern bell. Like her yeah. I do declare. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. <laughs> I don't know. I really like that. 
Um, so interesting. You gave it two and a half. I gave it three and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't read it again. Not interested. It made me not want to read Undulate, so I probably will skip that one. Um, <clears throat> I'll give it a try. Yeah. You'll have to tell me if it's good. It's just not something that I see myself reading. I didn't really like the way she set the story up like and how it kind of fell flat and I just really don't want to go through that again <laughs> I and I listen I know that like it was the whole point of this was um that she's overcoming this like brainwashing but I kind of got really sick and tired of her in her monologue about how guilty she felt and like how bad she, like all of this religious expectation stuff I just was like okay let's move on yeah i was like girl you're 22 like you've been living on your own like make up your own opinion stop listening to your dad yeah but so that's why i think that undulate is going to be better because it's about god what was her friend's name maddie maddie yeah so maddie like figured maddie out her Zach, own opinion. right yeah i think so um, Maddie figures out her own like mind while she's in school. So I don't think that the next one is going to be this like religious expectation thing. It's obviously going to be more centered around Zach's guilt of like his widow. He's being, he's a widow. His wife who died. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, did you read the excerpt for like, I literally, there was like the bonus chapter you get for the next book. It just mm -hmm. said something like, I really miss my wife. Like, I really want to fuck my wife or something like that. And I'm like, that's really, <laughs> it's really sad, but also kind of disturbing if you're thinking that with your with someone else. No, it was <laughs> like, just like his monologue when he's like going into the club or something, because they always say that he doesn't really participate. He's just there for yeah. like the accounting stuff. So I think the poor guy. Just the few things we heard about him in this book made me so sad. Like his kid dealing with the loss of their mom. I can't even imagine. No. But that's what one of those Elsie Silver books is about. And I loved it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I right. guess. Do you have anything else? Or is that unfurl? We have unfurled, unfurl. Two and a half and three and a half stars. Overall rating of a three. <laughs> You're good with math. I am not. <laughs> well, I do teach science, so. That's true. All right. So our next book um, that we read was Quarterback Sneak by Candy Steiner. Um, this book is about Holden, who is the star of his college quarter uh, college football team. He's a quarterback. Um, and his, uh, he's, like, set on being in the NFL. He wants to go pro. Like, that's his goal in life. And Julep is the coach's daughter. He's a new coach at the school. <laughs> And she is completely off limits to everybody in the team. Um, so <laughs> what starts off as an unlikely friendship turns into a forbidden romance as they help each other through their uh, feelings of self-doubt and grief. Um, I, so I told you I gave two emojis. I did, I, I don't know what they're called, but the heart with like the swirly and then like the mini heart in the back. I did that mm -hmm. one. And then like the face with like the hearts bubbling out of it. Because this was just, I thought this was such a cute book. Um, it I was such a cute book. Stars. I loved it. I thought I was going to hate it because like literally have never read a sports romance in my life ever. This was my first sports them. romance. 
And oh my God, I was so invested. They were so cute. I love sports I romances. I cried. I laughed. It was great. So what'd like you, you give it? it? I gave it four. You gave it four? I gave it three and a half. Really? Okay. Three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Um, I literally wrote, Holden is so cute. He's such a good guy. <laughs> Literally, the first thing I wrote was, okay, first impressions, I don't like Holden. You see a girl one time and you're like, fuck football, it makes no damn sense. But, like, quickly that changed. But, no, okay, so, but they come, um, Coach Lee, Julep's dad, and Julep come to the college in, like, the spring semester of her junior year. So they had, like, all of, like, the end of spring semester and summer football camp for her and Holden to be around each other. So it is not just like, a, oh, we show up and then two weeks later, Holden's in love with her. I know, but like his reaction when she first walked into the room was very much like love at first sight, I think. But yeah. I mean, like you said, they had a lot more time together. So it's not insta-love by any means. It was a slow burn. <laughs> slow burn. Yeah, and I thought, I thought Julep being like a pole dancer was like so out of left field, but I loved it. Like, me too. <laughs> I loved it too. Also, I hate her fucking name, Julep. Julep. Oh, I wish like Julie or something like that. Jules, something different. Julep sounds Julep. like a tulip. It does. Like, but. I was not prepared for the emotional damage this book provided between their two pasts. Like, I'm like on the treadmill reading, about to fucking cry because, like, obviously, we're sisters. We have another sister. We're all pretty close. And I was like, when I'm when I'm reading a book, I try to put myself in like the main character's shoes. Because I suck with like empathy. So I really have to focus on like on trying to understand how they would feel. And I didn't even have to think too much about this. The thought of losing one of my sisters uh, in such a tragic way. Yeah. And the fact that like she blamed herself and her mom blamed oh, her. Oh, fuck her mother. Oh. I don't know if we're cussing on this, but literally fuck her mother. We're talking about that. sex. Of course we're cussing. <laughs> Her mom, I just. So here's my note that I wrote at the end, because I finished this book last this morning, I guess I finished it like midnight. Um, so I said, I don't know if I understand the mom, dot, dot, dot. I also don't understand Julep's dad staying with a woman who didn't want anything to do with her daughter. So yeah. the way that this book worked, um, and, you know, this is a, not a spoilers-free podcast. We are spoiling the shit out of everything. So Julep is, for the majority of this book, a senior in college. And when she was in high school, her and her sister went to a party and Julep convinced her sister to do some drugs. I think it was like cocaine or something. Um, and her sister died because the people that they were with laced the drugs with something. Um, Julep wasn't doing drugs because she wanted to be like the safe DD type of person for her sister. Like she was trying to get her sister to break out of her like goody two shoe shell. So um, her sister had a reaction to the laced drugs and died. And she went on like a downward spiral, drinking, doing drugs, sleeping with people. 
um, in her words, disappointing her parents and like causing more stress and things like that for them. So she saw her dad um, and how much she was disappointing him and how much he was trying to help her. And she put the, like a lot of expectations on herself to be a good girl, to be a good person so that her dad wasn't like disappointed in her and he was happy and everything. Um, so part of that was he took that coaching job in like the Northeast Boston, wasn't it? Something like that. It was like yeah. somewhere super far North because their winter fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah. So he took that coaching job um, in the Northeast and um, to give her like a fresh start and a clean slate and everything. But her mom stayed back in Texas. I do not understand that. How do you just not live with your husband? Like, no, and the excuse was that she didn't want to leave her church and the people that she, in her community. And I'm just like, like, you're not even spending holidays with your kid. You didn't even call your kid on her birthday. Like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Didn't she say she spent them alone? Mm-hmm. Like her dad her mom, would go home. Her mom flew up to be with her husband, but Julep just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, at the end of the fucking book, when she makes a phone call and is like, I'm sorry, I've been a shitty mom. And Julep's just like, it's okay. I've been a bad daughter. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, I just, I no. hated that whole interaction. No, no. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, you've been a shitty mom. Like yeah. and an apology. It's going to take a lot more than that because I lost not just my sister, but my mom too. Because yeah, and she you. was... 16 when all of that happened she was still a child and yeah Yeah. like she made a bad choice and put themselves in a like the two of them put themselves in a position that was not great but at the same time the blame is on the people who laced the drugs and were trying to like rape her sister or something like that like yeah and thank god she stopped that from happening yeah but like Her mom is a whole other story. I was so I fucking annoyed. I didn't like her dad either, though. No, I had serious issues with her dad. Um, but I mean, Holden's story was tragic, too. Like, Jesus. Like, your sister and your dad go sailing and just disappear and never come back. And then a year later, your mom kills herself because she can't live without your dad. She can't even stay for you. Like, how did he not grow up more fucked up? Like, his uncles were just amazing. Like, they had to have been because as a child, like, how do you live with the fact that your mom couldn't stay for you? Like, and your dad and your sister, who you were so close to, are gone and you have no explanation as to what happened to them. You can guess, but. You don't really have a concrete idea. And like. I really hated Julep. At the beginning of this book. Because. Holden had been through so much. And he was trying so hard. To open up to her. And like. You know. Woo her essentially. And she just kept. Hot and cold hot and cold hot and cold and I was like girl just get over it I just yeah that goes back to this like I don't want to say weird but this like obligation she felt with her father to like be on the straight and narrow and I listen I 
a new coach walking in the door with his, you know, college age daughter and being like, she's off limits. Don't even look at her. I just was like, that is so presumptuous. Like, I, I don't know if you ever did, but I took a class with dad. Like our dad is a professor. So I took a class with dad and on the first day he was like, you know, oh, full disclosure, like she's my daughter, blah, blah, blah. I would have been mortified if he said she's off limits. Like, I know. But I, I, part of me thinks he said that because he's worried that she's going to fall back into her sleeping around tendencies. So like, I think at that point he meant it more of like, if she tries to come on to you, like, no, but it didn't come across that way. And like, it is very toxic. Like his control over her is very toxic. Like I know that she said that he came to her crying like I I don't want to lose my other daughter so she got on the straight and narrow for him and you know she feels like she owes him and like you said she has a lot of expectations on herself but my god girl like that doesn't mean you have to be miserable you're allowed to be happy and if you find happiness with another person like, I just never understood the the sneaking around thing. Like, why didn't they just go to her dad? But even at the same time, they're both adults. So, like, I don't need your permission to date someone. I'm an adult. Well, and his, like, threats for Holden to, like, bench him for the rest of the season. And to call the recruiters and tell them that his arm is acting up, that's fucked up that's that's why i don't like illegal i literally said her dad was so fucking annoying with his bullshit threats coachly kind of middle finger eye roll emoji like (laughs) i know i literally said his threats about kicking holden off the team are so off base like how is that even legal or ethical and how would the other coaches just be okay with it like, and all of those physical therapists they had working with Holden on his injury would have been like, he's fine to play. Mm-hmm. Plot, you know, plot hole for, you know, real world and whatnot. You have to give, like, authors some grace to whatever. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It was still frustrating, though. Like, and I, I also was trying to remember that these kids, that they're like 21. So, like. They're still kids, but they're adults, like legally adults. Remembering like being in in college where like legally you're an adult, but like financially and stuff, you're probably still kind of stuck with your parents and like I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird four years being in college if you're around your parents a lot because you are given the freedom to like figure things out as an adult, like Julep living by herself with her roommate. But Mm -hmm. like she also sees her dad every single day. So she still has that, like, I'm the child mentality. Like, that's how I felt when I was in college because I still lived at home. So, yeah. So I kind of gave it a little, but not really. Like, She had shitty parents. I mean, like. They both had shitty parents. Her- well, okay. His dad wasn't shitty, but his mom was. Yeah. I thought it was cute, though, that, like. He, like, he and his dad and then, like, his sister and his dad had their own, like, special thing they did together. Like, the sailing was, like, his sister's thing and then, like, football was his. Um, But I do think it was really interesting, like, um, how many times Holden said, like, in his inner monologue, 
like he could see something haunting in her eyes and he knew what it was because he felt the same way like he has the same look so like right off the bat you're like okay he knows what she's going through you just don't realize that it's like as tragic as it is um mm-hmm. and the fact that it happened to him so young I really do feel like if anybody helped Julep out more it was Holden not her dad he no, was the I one agree. that really helped her through her trauma and this <clears throat> like guilt she felt of like her sister because she even said at one point like I don't understand how you've been through everything you've been through and you're still like up and smiling and stuff like how how and he just said like you know I went through that dark time too and football is what got me out of it she's like that's how I feel about pole like so it was just a I, I really loved their interactions even even when they were like just friends where they were fighting that urge to like be a couple they were like hanging out and like she was helping him not give a shit about football so much because mm-hmm. I felt like that was kind of toxic for him this like pressure he put on himself to make it to the NFL football is my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah I agree I honestly like I really loved this book um I thought that I thought that the writing was really good. I really loved the character development, like learning like slowly and naturally, like who Julep and Holden were. And I thought she did a really good job of this being one of those series, but also a standalone. Cause like, I guess the other books are about the couples that are already mentioned in this book. Um, Like the girl who's the kicker and her friend, the one that's like the, isn't she like the media manager or something? Gianna. So Riley is Gianna, the kicker. Yes. Gianna is the media girl. And it's Riley yeah. and Zeke and Gianna and Clay, right? Yeah, yeah. So them two. And then I read the excerpt at the end that's going to be about Maria. the friend, um, her roommate, and the other guy from the football team. I Maria and Leo, I think. Leo. Um. Not really interested in them. Probably not going to read that. But I I really love this one. Um, There are a couple things I wanted to talk about. Um, I put a quote. I took a quote from the book because I thought it was just so beautifully written. Um, I'll read it to you. (laughs) I was like, Um, I will quote. On a freezing cold day in early December, on a little bench in a garden, his hands built. Holden Moore claimed me in every way there was to be claimed. I melted into him, surrendering, letting the unfamiliar, all-encompassing joy wash over me and take me under. And I was just like, oh, what beautiful writing. And then in my head, I was like, oh, shit, that sounds familiar. Do you want to know what it reminded me of? Let's see if you could name that movie. Now you know there was a man named Jack Dawson and that he saved me in every way that a person can be saved. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of, but I still think it's such a beautiful like couple lines. Like, And he says like, I, I, I put like a few things because like some of the writing in this book was just so beautiful. All commotion faded to the background when that man looked at me. Um, I just loved their connection. Like, it just seemed so realistic um, and so romantic. Like, they were, he was so romantic. Like, 
also he was dirty he was a dirty dirty boy <laughs> the freaking pool <laughs> the sex tape they made a sex tape i i literally thought that was going to be the conflict like that it was going to get out and her dad was going to see it and like all hell was going to break loose and i'm so glad that that did not happen because that would have been mortifying and her life's already hard enough but i yeah. was like oh my god <laughs> for your eyes only i kill anybody who saw this <laughs> i know Oh, and then another line. Sorry, I have all these lines written down because I thought no, they were beautiful. He kissed me, not with the intent to take my clothes off, but with the desperation to save me. There were so many moments <gasps> where they just had like a romantic kiss. There was no like sexual tension with it. It was just like a I love you type of kiss. Oh my God. I also, I don't know how you felt about it, but I loved when Holden was like Coach Lee put me on the bench then because I cannot live my life without her like I could feel it I'm not an empathetic person like you know me I could feel <laughs> his like inner turmoil on this like I want to celebrate this like championship win with Julep and I'm not allowed like what is what's the point like if I can't share I'm gonna it with cry again because it just like like do you remember when he's talking about his dad and how like his dad loved his mom and decided like all he wanted was to marry her and have a family like his priorities changed and you know he made the changes in his life to do what he really wanted which was to marry that woman and have children with her and raise a family and I feel like at that moment when the coach was like telling him, like, you have to stay away from my daughter, Holden realized that like, yeah, football is, you know, was my life and I'm good at it and it's what I want to do. But like, I want Julep more. It means more. And I was her. like, oh, I agree. And then she had to go tell him, nah. And they took their month off and his text every day like we love i was so game. mad at her for not texting him back but she redeemed herself by showing up to the game she herself well and then she did answer his text she did <laughs> that was so, so cute, cute. <laughs> merry christmas i miss you too oh. <laughs> i love that i also really appreciated that uh, I hated Coach Lee, and I don't think I'll ever really like him, but I do appreciate that he was like, you were right. Like, I guess I was the one that was wrong. Like, I didn't realize that this was more than just passion or whatever. Yeah, I think that just kind of goes along with the fact that, like, it's hard for us to remember that our parents are people. Um, and he saw his daughter for so many years torturing herself and he would do literally anything or be anything to make her you know not be like that anymore so i think he took it too far especially with the like not just the threatening of holden but like to come to her and threaten her with rehab when she hasn't even been doing anything bad like she would have done so much worse the day of her sister's birthday if Holden hadn't found her. Yeah. Because she would have felt like shit the next morning knowing she'd done drugs, drank and slept with somebody. Like she was going down that path and Holden saved her. 
And her dad just didn't know about that. They kept everything too secret. He didn't see it. He didn't know. Um, so, I mean, I was pissed that he was threatening her with rehab. I was like, bitch, like, that is off base. Like, she hasn't even been doing anything that would warrant that right now. Well, and she even said, like, his threat was empty, but, like, I don't know. I think it's, like, they just panic. Like, you you see you've lost control because they're adults. Like, I mean, I know mom and dad probably felt similar. Mom, definitely. Um, (laughs) Like not being able to control every aspect of their life and like seeing your child make these fucked up decisions and like ruining their life almost like it's gotta be hard. And then, yeah, I mean, like I can understand where he's coming from. I just feel like he didn't give her the trust that she earned. So yeah, I agree. I also think that, I don't know, I gave him a lot more grace than I should have probably because I also felt like he was doing it all alone because he had no support from his wife, her mom. Like, she was just yeah. like, she's a fuck up, I don't care anymore. Like, and so he took on the burden of caring for this child all on his own. And I mean, through something like grief of losing your sister and the guilt of feeling like you were the one that caused her death. And like, yeah. Uh, But then he, then the draft comes along. (laughs) I was like kicking my feet. (laughs) I know. I was sitting there and I was like, why is Holden acting so weird when I was reading like, like he wasn't like the first round I don't know how the draft really works so like I was a little confused about that um confused the whole book let me just tell you like I do not know anything about like my knowledge of football is abysmal like (laughs) I couldn't tell you half the shit that was going on when he was at practice but anyway go ahead no uh so I was like a little confused while they were all watching the draft why he was so like anxious because he even said in his mind like I'm not worried about it but then he was acting so strange Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he walked outside, I was like, is he like really that nervous? Like he, he's putting on a front to everybody that he's like this confident, like, yeah, I'm going to get drafted. And then like, he goes outside, like he's like running away with his tail tucked between his legs. And then Julep followed him and we had the whole proposal scene, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cute. Like it was cute. And it was his mom's ring. <laughs> and he got her dad's permission. <laughs> that was cute. she's like my dad and then he got drafted yes and I love that he was like when he kissed her he was like I hope that it's her ring that everybody sees like that's what I want everybody to know that she's mine I was so cute it's like a cute possessive not like a you're mine and nobody else can look at you (laughs) I agree oh my god so totally random but at one point, was it Julep that was talking about books with her roommate? Yeah, yeah. So she makes I think a it... comment about spicy books and alien porn and high fade bat winged dudes. I, and I was that like, too. I was like, she is. Is she talking about guitar? Is she talking about uh, what's it called? The the monster alien book with the yeah they talking about on TikTok planet barbarians or something ice so, planet barbarians I have not read it but Kaylee's reading it <laughs> I read the first one 
I couldn't read them anymore. It's not my thing. Getting I don't think I'll ever read down them. with a giant blue penis. I was like, nope, I didn't even finish the first book. I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, he's got horns and like hoof feet and he's <laughs> it's like getting fucked by Mr. Tumnus. No, thank you. Oh my god. TMI. <laughs> I don't want to know these things. I, I have zero interest in that. I'll stick to my sports romances and my cowboy romances and my fairy porn. There we go. <laughs> Amen. All hail the fairy porn. <laughs> I'm so excited for Crescent City 3. Ugh. Oh my god, me too. Mostly because Akatar. I know, I'm so excited to finally... So, <clears throat> Akatar is what got me back into reading as like an adult. And I read it last spring. So I read Akatar, Throne of Glass, and then Crescent City. Um, and I haven't... I haven't... I started like uh Akatar the first one again I was gonna try to reread all five well at least the first three by the time Crescent City 3 came out but that's not happening um but I got like six chapters into Akatar so I got to the point where Tamlin takes her from her family and I just like forgot so much stuff that happened I was like that I really felt like that was that's the beginning of the book and like you have the entire whole book of her being in the spring court and i'm like oh my god i forgot how much happens while she's there like yeah honestly like i saw somebody talking about um like the tv show that's supposed to come out i mean who knows if they're actually going to go through with it but it'd be, it'd be nice I, it it's interesting because like the first season would have to be like Akatar, Court of Thorns and Roses. And like the main characters in that book, aside from Feyre, are not the main characters for the rest of the series. No. So like it's gonna be like Feyre and Tamlin and Lucian, but like you don't even really <laughs> see Tamlin and Akawar at all, really, in Silver Flames, except a few times. Actually, I don't think you see them at all in Silver Flames. Because when like Reese goes mentioned. to kick him while he's down is in Frost and Starlight. Mm -hmm. But, so I think they're going to, like, somebody had said, like, you need to cast somebody who's, like, I'm going to write this down. I can't stop yawning. Um, anyway, they're gonna need to cast somebody who's like well known, like not super well known, but like is buzzworthy to get people interested in the show. But like, if you cast that person as Tamlin, then you can focus on like the unknowns and like the little known actors that might be really good for the other roles because you've already selected the buzzworthy person for Tamlin and then he'll slowly fade out kind of like game of thrones did with sean bean because like oh, he was and somebody said austin butler and i could see it there are a few pictures of him with like long blonde hair yeah and i'm like he's buzzworthy enough right now that like he could you know bring some attention to the show um 
So yeah, I think I like Austin Butler for Tamlin. Plus he annoys me, so it would be perfect because Tamlin annoys me. It's fucking tampon. Uh, you pro you're probably not even interested in it, but uh Kaylee has been like just obsessed with Saltburn. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I don't think you'll like it, but I loved it. I thought it was like Melanie said so, she couldn't get through it. Uh, Melanie was focused so it's like it's like a gay romance, but it's not a gay romance. So Melanie couldn't get past the fact that past the fact that she thought it was like a gay romance, even though I told her it wasn't really. Um, and she just like had that in her brain. It was like completely disinterested. I thought of it like Kaylee and I watched it together one night um, when I was just like over there or whatever. And initially I was like, I have zero interest in this and I'm just going to read and like half listen to it. And about like 30, like 45 minutes in, I was like, so wait a second, like what? And then I started watching it and I didn't, I didn't think to pick up my book for the rest of the movie. I was just like, so what's going to happen? Like, it was like a mystery type of thing to me. It was really good. Um, but I think I would have to see what he looks like with blonde hair. Cause you know, I don't see pictures in my head, but I think Jacob Elordi could make a good Tamlin. Hmm. I think he's got the like, I don't he's know who that tall is. and like broad shouldered, I feel like he could he could put on a little bit of muscle to make him like high fay looking and like with long blonde hair. I just think he's got that like that swagger to him. My iPad is like freaking out. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I don't know. I can't really picture him blonde. I know that's what I'm saying. I'd have to see him blonde, but um. I also saw somebody on TikTok try to say that Resan should be played by Henry Cavill, and I was like, no. Believe Henry Cavill's me, I like love a Henry Cavill, but the thing that, like, I was telling, you know, my husband, Thomas, I was telling him yesterday, I was like, I don't really get annoyed with the, like, like the, I don't know the political correct way of saying this, but the ethnicity issues that people have with characters, like I don't usually get annoyed by it, like whatever, people are going to do what they're going to do. But Resand is half Illyrian and Illyrians are darker skinned men and Resand they even she even puts emphasis on the fact that he was pale under the mountain because he was never in the sun but that he's normally like golden skinned which means he's not dark skinned but he's not white and like yeah. i don't picture resand as a white man i picture resand as like <clears throat> the skin of like a middle eastern man or like Spanish descent yeah like a tan skinned like man so like these white boys just are not doing it for me that's not resand mm -mm, I that's agree well that's not even Lucian I think Lucian is half black honestly because his dad is healing is helian yeah right helian I think so I think that's what they've been like and helian is is African-American well an African-American he's black he's not from America he's from Prithian but <laughs> um but so Lucian I feel like is you know half black and like she does talk like Feyre's white Feyre is a white-skinned girl they talk about that Tamlin is white like 
I don't want some stupid white boy. Playing I also, <laughs> you will, I, you know, I love Henry Cavill. I love him. Uh-huh. And I would, lo- I would watch anything that he is in, but I think he's too old to play Reese. He is too old. He's too old to play Reese And that's not a bad thing. He is a good looking 40 year old man, but Reese is supposed <laughs> to be young. Like, yeah, they're supposed to be young forever. Yeah. I think that Henry Cavill could play like King Hyburn or like. You know I who I picture as King Hyburn? Who? Rumpelstiltskin from Once Upon a Time. <laughs> that's funny. In my head, that's what he looks like. I don't know. I don't picture him like Rumpelstiltskin at all. I do. I, I picture, picture like, him as old, like, creepy. Like a middle-aged, like, battle-worn warrior type of guy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I definitely picture him as Rumpelstiltskin. anyway we got off on a tangent with Packetar. we did we have to spin oh yeah books okay that's on my phone so let's see how i i can do it on my ipad well i have the the things on my phone so we already know that our next book is and i can't remember the name of it it's the next crescent city book with house of it is our next book is House of Flame and Shadow. So that's the, so what we've been doing is I have two wheels, one that has the Kindle Unlimited letters and then one that has the ones that we have to buy. And we're just doing them randomly. We're trying to do like one Kindle Unlimited and one purchase book a month. So we already know that our next purchase book is going to be the next Crescent City one because we were going to buy it anyway. Um, So nine days. I know. I'm so excited. So the next Kindle Unlimited book that we're going to read is, let me spin. Okay, so I spun P, which I feel like I remember. Perfect Strangers by J.T. Geisinger. Did you pick that one or did I? I picked that one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what that one's about. So, um, I vaguely think I know what it's about, but I'm gonna go ahead and download it. It's already on my Kindle. Um, because it was a book that I had had on my TBR for a while, and I never got around to reading. Um, so next month we're gonna be talking about House of Flame and Shadow, which is probably gonna be a very long episode because. House of Flame and Shadow encompasses the entire SJM universe. Everybody knows that. If you don't, well, surprise, now you do. Um, <clears throat> um, and then we're going to talk about Perfect Strangers. So we'll have like our our mind-blowing, heart-wrenching, you know, SJM next novel. And then we'll hopefully have something cute to talk about. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> hopefully. Um, yeah, any final thoughts on either of the books we read? Yeah, no, I mean, I was telling my friends about this A to Z challenge and they were all kind of giving me a hard time because we're not doing it in order from A to Z. See, but. I mean, I would, but this is more fun. Like you get to 
like move the books around you kind of don't really know what you're going to read I just feel like it's more exciting this way I mean my like slight OCD tendencies are a little bit like eh, maybe we should do it in order but I like it this way this is more fun yeah um I am really looking forward to some of the books we have on here really excited mm -hmm. to read um from Blood and Ash it's been on my TBR for a very long time me too thing um with Serpents in the Wings of Night it's been on my TBR for a long time so. and divine rivals because i've still never oh, read yeah. that and you put um red queen on here too and that's a book that like lots of people talk about all the time and i've never read it either i've literally um, had it for five years and i've never read it interested to read some of these books we just randomly found to fill letters that were hard to fill like x and z that's going to be interesting yeah um i'm not entirely sure how i feel about reading vampire academy but we're gonna give it a swing <clears throat> i again it's a book i have i feel like i tried to read it when it was first coming out and i don't know why i never finished it i don't even think i ever started it i just remember being like interested in it um yeah well we'll see how i'm looking we're forward to letter i kaylee's been trying to get me to read icebreaker forever so <laughs> I'm excited to read that one too. But I am mostly excited for B and that's Butcher and Blackbird because I've heard nothing but good things about this book and I am so excited to finally read it. So yeah, we are gonna put the full A through Z list on the website, which is geek-network.com. Um, there'll be a little bit of information about us, the books that are on our list, and then our reviews as we go through them, you know, what our ratings are for each book. Um, but if you don't have any other final words, and I don't either, that wraps up this episode of Lit Chicks. Um, check out our book list and reviews, like I said, at geek-network.com, and we will check in with you next month. Bye. Bye.